Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I'm your host, Christian. You know what Christy Mathewson wor- wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's, it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball Tuesdays and Thursdays. I am your host, Chris Chianta. Over there on my actual right, as you cannot see <laughs> on YouTube, is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing good. We got We're getting closer to the season, and that means we are doing some more intense division previews with some tighter divisions, a lot of teams that have a lot of divisions that have multiple possible winners, a lot of teams that a lot of div, a division that has at least three, maybe four potential playoff teams. Yeah. It's going to be good. Yeah, it is. You know, we we uh, we order by least interesting to most interesting divisions. So mm-hmm. you know, we're on our last two, so we're getting into some very intriguing uh, intriguing divisions. That's right. Is I got to get closer to this microphone, but um, but yeah, and uh, division previews are letting me know how close the season really is. That's right. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's we're 16 days away from opening day on the day that this is being released on Tuesday, which is March 16th. So we're obviously we're inching closer every single day. Uh, I'm glad we're finally gonna have a hopefully a full 162 ahead of us. Yeah, it'll be nice because. You know, it it will give us a real gauge on where the league is really at. Exactly. Like, if if someone slumped last year, we can see if that was legitimate. If someone broke out last year, we can see if that was legitimate. It's going to be hilarious when we get to, we get to like, early June and yeah. we get to the 60th game. We're like, man, we, re- we really made judgments based off of that much of a sample size. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what yeah. Were we th- what were we thinking? Yeah, like... The yeah, a traditional playoff team will be like five games out of the division. <laughs> it's gonna be, it's gonna be really weird when that, mm-hmm. when that approaches. But yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great when the season kicks off and we get a, a full one sixty two. It'll be our first one hundred full one hundred sixty two game season of, above replacement radio. So, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, we, a hundred <laughs> over a hundred episodes in, we still haven't covered. A full 162. We have never season. covered a full regular season because we literally started the very day that the 2019 postseason started. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it took us it took us what seven eight months to, to talk about regular season baseball. Um, October to July. More more than that, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah that'd be nine months, right? To seven, yeah, that's nine nine months. Wow, and like, yeah, almost it was ten. Er- it, it almost went to August. Yeah, it was early October. Nine and a half and months. Went, yeah. Crazy. Like nine and a half months, almost ten months for us to talk about regular season baseball, and we got about two months of that in. <laughs> yeah, so we've been we've been doing the show for almost eighteen months. I think we should give ourselves a goal this year. Yeah. We should have we should have every team represented at least once on how about that during the regular season. Yes, I think we can get that done. I think we can do that. Um, Cause yeah, there's always there's, there's always one out. Yeah, there's always one outlier. There's always yeah. If it's a bad team, there's always that one team. If it's a really good team, there's always the one guy flying under the radar. And that's kind of what our idea is. Like if 
if I don't know if I'm trying to think like if Fernando Tatis Jr. is going off for two weeks, like you already know. Yeah. So we're gonna be like, but if you look at on the other side of the infield, you got Eric Hosmer who's mm-hmm. been doing this over that time, and no one's talking about that. There's a ten degree launch angle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it's we're uh, we're we're very excited about this. But yeah, we've done the show for like 17, 18 months, and about two months of that has been during regular season baseball. <laughs> so we've spent. I think we've spent more time doing postseason baseball. Um, yeah, I think just tech, as much, at least as much <laughs> postseason. That's kind of that, scary. My God, yeah, that's pretty. That is pretty wild, how that's turned out. It's the perfect formula. It is. Um, for how that lined up, but yeah. We're getting into division previews, and also today, we are introducing a new segment. Yeah, we are. Uh, we have, uh, you know, we're both Springfield College students of the communications and sports journalism program, and uh, we have a professor who's been sort of out of the loop of baseball for a little bit, but he kind of wants to get back in, so we're going to have him on. He's, we are going to be his outlet. Yeah, he's yeah. We're gonna be his outlet, and we're gonna you know bring him back into the baseball world. And the segment is called Kyle's Questions. That's right. Uh, as his name is Kyle, Kyle Belanger. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna introduce that. He's gonna be coming up in about 25, 20, 20, 25 minutes yeah. of the show. But first, we'll get started off by talking about. It's probably not gonna be a smooth transition into the interview. Probably not, but I mean, I'll, you know. It'll be fine. We'll see. We'll see what the, my editing, editing skills can uh, entail. Probably not the best, but I'll try to do as best I can. But anyway, uh, we are talking about the Red Sox first, who uh, had a terrible, awful, no good, very bad year. We're not going to talk about it. (laughs) They were incredibly excruciating to watch. They are coming off a 24-36 and 36 season. They lost Jackie Bradley Jr., Andrew Benintendi, and Jose Peraza. And they added Garrett Richards, Kike Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez, Hunter Renfro, and Matt Andres. And also, along with that, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is coming back. You missed one. Um, they got a reliever from the Yankees, and you missed it. Oh, they added Adam Adovino. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot to get that one. Must have gotten, must have gotten lost in there. And yet, they added Adam Adovino, which was one of their better ones. And also, along with that, Eduardo Rodriguez is coming back from uh, opting out of the season due to COVID. And Chris Sale might be coming back mid-season. So I don't even. I think if Chris Sale comes back, it's going to be in September. Right, because like Alex Cora has said, he's going to take it as slow as possible with Chris Sale, and I don't blame him because this team isn't exactly supposed to be competing. So if that's not the case, you might as well not rush this guy back because he has a history of injuries, and you don't want to mess him up any more than you already have with a rush back from Tommy John surgery. Yeah, and it's been talked about before, like if it's also if it's a non-competitive season for the Red Sox, which um, you know it's not. A guarantee that that will be the case but it likely will be the case where mm-hmm. maybe not non-competitive but not really competitive for a playoff spot especially in the traditional form like mm-hmm. if it's not 16 teams um if it's if it's like that then they're probably not going to need him in the season and don't want to rush him back but anyway 
Uh, what player are you watching from our beloved Red Sox? Well, Chris Sale is not going to be there, but the guy I'm watching has been compared to Chris Sale in many ways, not because of the arm he throws with, but because of his mechanics. <laughs> You're making a face like you have him too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wow. His name is Tanner Houck. I thought and you were going to go Bobby Dahlbeck. <laughs> no, I did not. I, I kind of thought you were going to go Bobby Dahlbeck, but uh, you know what? Well. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, Tanner Houck, he only, play, he only appeared in just three games in the 2020 season, all of which were up against playoff teams. He faced the Marlins, the Yankees, and the Braves. He won all three of those games. He had an 0-5-3 ERA. Peripherals aren't as good, but not, there's no d- denying he made those three games count. In fact, he produced the only season... In baseball history, Chris, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. With a 1.25 plus B war in less than 20 innings pitched. How about that? So a very exciting season for Tanner Houck. A 2017 first round draft pick from the club. And he's going to look to expand on that and fight for a rotation spot in 2021. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, this was our first crossover of player, I believe, because we've already done we had a crossover question yeah we had a crossover question like (laughs) significantly and then we kind of we did have a crossover question with the cardinals but that's like a a meme question in a way that we have so i wouldn't really count that but uh what else did i have on tanner hauk um yeah his yeah i i think you i think you displayed it all i guess i should talk about bobby dahlbeck i don't have you know a crazy assessment of him but yeah, he had a 959 OPS last year. He's got to get the strikeout rate down. That's the only thing. Yeah, he struck out in 39 out of 92 plate appearances, which is a 42.4% strikeout rate. And look at that. Rate. You didn't even have his baseball reference page pulled up. You just straight up was like, yeah. Oh, no, I got it. Shh. <laughs> they don't need to know that. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, we could we could basically say that we're just doing this with our eyes closed. Yeah. No one would know. No one would know. <laughs> they can't see us. Yeah, but uh, Dahlbeck, yeah, 959 OPS, 152 OPS plus. And, you know, if you want to see where his OPS ranked among rookies, you can find that yourself uh, if you want to because I did not prepare <laughs> for that. <laughs> uh, if only. The, you know, this is the the down, you know, we, we do it. I can probably pull it up right now. Yeah, we do the uh, the division previews without communicating. Yeah, with that's each kind other. of the whole point. Is we were like, you know what? Let's not tell each other who yeah. we're picking. So we gotta just hope to God we don't pick the same person. And usually we don't. I think. Yeah. It, I mean, this is the fifth division preview we've done. This is the first player we've crossed over in. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's fun to do it that way. Yeah, this is our twenty first team that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. First, We've gone through two-thirds of the league without talking about the same guy. Yeah, first cross. And we did the Pittsburgh Pirates with one good player. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, How many uh, plate appearances did Dahlbeck have? He had 92 plate appearances. Great. So he just missed 100. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, last year we had more cross so out of numbers. all out of all rookies with at least 50 plate appearances which is a very low number admittedly only 59 he ranks third in weighted runs created plus behind key brian hayes and randy Arozarena. and we all know how good those two guys were yeah key brian hayes was is already a player to watch that we talked about and Arozarena. We, know, we, he he's on he's on people's radars he captured the uh baseball world in the postseason last year and then he captured something else in the offseason uh 
That's, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> you can. I thought, I thought you were. I thought that's what you're going with when you said capture. <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting choice of words. For for those at home, uh, you can Google the context on except, that. Except, except. Uh, I think that that was dropped. Those yeah. charges. Yeah, it, it's it's still See, it's funny. okay because it didn't. It supposedly didn't actually happen. Yeah, it's just uh, what would it, what would it, hearsay. Yeah, it's all hearsay. Yeah. So it's funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, now on to questions about the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, what is your question? So for the last few years, even when they've been struggling through 2019 and 20, the offense has remained one of the best in the American League. So if the offense performs to expect to how it's expected to, with the new additions of like you know Cordero, of Dahlbeck in a full season, of Hunter Renfro, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, do you think that it is enough to try and compete for a postseason spot? Um, their offense alone. I mean, you know, it's in the American League. It's a top six offense comfortably, and maybe top five. Mm-hmm. Um. I think they, I feel like they will always be in the wild card discussion. I don't know where that defines them as contending, but they, I feel like they'll always be in the wild card contention, contention conversation. You know, they'll be that team that's like two games behind, three games behind, and then eventually they kind of, that's where I see them going this year. So that's, that's my definitive answer for, sure. for that. Uh, my question JD Martinez coming off a coming off an off year, he had some great seasons before then, and will JD Martinez hit over or under two eighty nine five? Two eighty nine five as an average. Yes. Uh, well, didn't they? Didn't wasn't it reported that he was going to be allowed to use the video room, but like they got to censor out the catcher signs? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll take the over. Take the taking the over. I will take the over, assuming that is the case. Yeah, he's because uh, he is one of the best hitters in the league. He might be the best hitter in the division when mm-hmm. he's allowed to use that. Yeah, exactly. 20, yeah, twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen was something uh, something to marvel at. Mm-hmm. So now on to the Baltimore Orioles, who are coming off a twenty five and thirty five season. They lost Jose Iglesias, Renato Nunez. Hanser Alberto and Alex Cobb, and they added Freddie Galvis, and they are, you know, I wouldn't say they added these two, but they're giving these two a shot. Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey, they're giving them a shot, but uh, the likelihood of that succeeding is low. Yeah. Um, what player are you looking at from the Baltimore Orioles? Yeah, so this team, I'm not even going to sugarcoat, this team is not trying to win in 2021. Like, this is another bridge year into the ideal future of maybe 2023 and beyond, if we can call it that. That might even be generous Yep. as to what it could be. I don't know how much Peter Angelos is going to be willing to spend going forward, but regardless, they need some guys that they can rely on for the future, and one guy that I'm looking at is Austin Hayes. He is an outfielder on the team, and he is a 116 uh, OPS and 116 weighted runs created plus. Since 2019, in just 209 plate appearances, uh, which is it's a small sample size, but I honestly think more exposure will help him out, and he could probably raise that. Uh, in fact, Fangraphs has him hitting 20 home runs in 2021 with a 744 OPS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think his defense is uh, highly spoken of as well. It is. Like I think, yeah, he had a he had a good highlight of him robbing a home run. I think. Uh, 
and yeah, he's he's a good young guy. How old? Do you know how old he is? He is one year of service time. I think he's 25, 26. Yeah, young young center fielder to look out for. Pretty exciting player. Uh, the guy I'm going he's with. He's 20. Okay, yeah, he's in his age. Tw- uh, oh, wow. He was born on July 5th. So it's right after the, the age cutoff. So he's going to be in his age 25 season. Nice. Uh, <laughs> the player I'm talking about is uh, a left-handed pitcher, John Means. So John Means, he was a guy to look for uh, last year. You know, he was coming off a year where he finished, I believe, second in the Rookie of the Year vote. And he struggled out of the gate last year. But in his final four starts, he put up a 1.52 ERA. And struck out 30 batters in 20, 23 and two-thirds innings pitched, and only walked three. So a, a, te, a flat 10 strikeout-to-walk ratio in those last four starts. And of the 111 pitchers who pitched at least 40 innings pitched last year, his strikeout-to-walk ratio uh, ranked 10th of those 111. Uh, his p- big problem was the home run ball. He had 2.5 home runs per nine, so he really solely really needs to fix that problem he you know has a great strikeout to walk ratio it's just that he's got to keep the ball in the yard and so but i mean everyone has a home home run issue nowadays yeah it's it seems so it's kind of just learning to contain that yeah i mean he survived uh 2019 all right which 2019 well, all-star 2019 was the uh the year that the orioles set the record for most home runs given up by a team in a single season yeah and uh <laughs> And it was the year of the juiced ball. It, well, I mean, every year since at least 2016 has been the year of the juiced ball. True. That's very true. Um, I think for John Means, like, he just needs to... Im- I know this sounds very weird, but you might just need to embrace the home run ball. Just accept that it's probably going to be part of your repertoire every so often. Uh, but just focus more on just, like, getting the strikeouts, you mm-hmm. know, keeping the ball over the plate, making sure not to walk too many people, because that's obviously something he's been very good at. Uh, maybe... I don't know, learn what pitches are, are more useful for him. I know he's not necessarily a fastball guy, uh, as most left-handers are not usually. Mm-hmm. So I think sort of for John Means, like, you honestly might just need to accept the home run ball might be a part of, of who you are as a pitcher. Because yeah. it's no, it's not too abnormal for any pitcher to have that problem nowadays. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? MLB is reportedly deadening the baseball, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... If he keeps missing bats, you know, that could be a, yeah. a thing where home runs become less likely if he continues to strike out batters in the way that he did, especially in his last four starts. So now on to questions uh, for the Orioles. What do you got for me? So you mentioned uh, two of the players that they added over the offseason, and um, that question sort of revolves around them. Which of these events has a better chance of happening in 2021? Adley Rushman coming up and winning Rookie of the Year, or one of King Felix or Matt Harvey having a comeback season? Uh, that's a good question because, yeah, Rookie of the Year. Maybe Keep in it, mind, I don't know when Adley's supposed to come up, but it's probably not super early. Like, he's only played one year in the minors. Yeah, he was, and he was drafted as, I think, a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I feel like catchers or catchers may get more development time but also joey bart came up after like one year in the minors mm-hmm. um that's a tough question i'm trying to think of the al rookies because the national league rookie class is deep is really Kalenic deep this is year. coming up this year right yeah Kalenic's coming up this year um 
as noted by Kevin Mather, in, yeah. mi- in mid-April. In mid-April, we're going to see him. They're not going to just go crazy and start him opening day no, like no, a no, bunch no, no, of no. lunatics. Like, what What are we, the, the White Sox? We <laughs> yeah. just extend our players before they come up? We'll just sign them to, what, if, what, did, what did Eloy get before? It was like ever? six years, 80-something mil. Yeah. <laughs> he, got, he got, you know, a, a very comfortable eight figures before uh stepping on a big league diamond let's let's get get a look at yeah Eloy's was... contract well i think about oh it. no not even close it was six years 43 mil still it... so i got i got the years right not the not even close on the uh still 40 43 million dollars oh, but there's, there's options that can make it go to 78 mil okay okay yeah cool cool that's probably where you got it um yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the AL rookie class. Uh, Bobby Dahlbeck is in it. <laughs> yeah, um, Bobby Dahlbeck is in it. I guess Tanner Huck is also in it, but I don't know how much time he's getting in the. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's in the majors. Be, I don't think he's going to be in the rotation. Um, what other? Yeah, there's Kalenic. Um, I think still the potential of Hernandez or Harvey having a comeback year is still more likely because I feel like they're going to hold Rushman back. They don't. Like they're not a, they're, I they're they're not deep, but they're probably gonna hold him back for service sure. time, and you know they don't really need him right now. Uh, well, let me ask a follow up question: Which of those two do you think has a better chance? Uh, between, I would say I would say Felix. I feel like maybe potentially, even though he's older and has less velocity, his experience and ability to control the baseball might help him and you know he might not have the strikeout numbers but you know I think of a guy like CC Sabathia who you know struggled and then he kind of fa- found his new identity maybe that could potentially happen with See, I would uh, say Matt Harvey with Felix Hernandez he's younger he's got more velocity and also he's less removed from being okay like in 2018 he was kind of decent. Uh, four nine four ERA is obviously not good, but he had a four five seven FIP with a one point six wins above replacement for the Mets and the Reds. And he actually um, those numbers were very bloated from his time with the Mets. He was actually pretty decent uh, in the back half of twenty eighteen with the Reds. Yeah, I've the the thing with Harvey for me was that I've I've seen him try to um, create that comeback season multiple times Hernandez like I mean I guess he would consider like 2018 on potential comeback seasons but you know new new scenery it's probably gonna I mean it's more likely gonna hurt him but I would say between Harvey and Hernandez I give I give Hernandez the benefit more more of the benefit of the doubt um but yeah, my uh, okay. my question. All right, your question. <laughs> Wait, we did. We went on a bit of a tangent that time. Yeah, we did. We did. This is a good episode to go on a tangent because mm-hmm. we really have the division preview and we got Kyle's questions. But my question: uh, There were two young stars who, two two young guys who produced very good offensive seasons last year. Who will produce the higher OPS, Ryan Mountcastle or Anthony Santander? I would I would say that the correct answer is Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, he mm-hmm. was a highly touted prospect coming up. You know, he was number one in their system for years. I remember before 2018, people were talking about him as the rookie of the year. Uh, so he's been waiting quite a minute uh, yep. to finally get up there, and I really think that he's gonna he's gonna make sure 
uh, that he gets everything done this year. And Santander, uh, I know he's very good, he's very talented, but I feel like a lot of that last year could have been lightning in a bottle for him. Right. You know, he was not really projected to become anything, uh, you know, coming up. Yeah. And he could still certainly have a very good season for the Orioles, but I don't see him topping Mount Castle and OPS. Yeah, it it seems like um yeah, San, Santander, yeah, he had this crazy hot streak. Uh he was one of my how about that's. So yeah, it would make sense that he might not be as consistent as Mount Castle. Yeah. Like he had uh eight home runs in 14 games last year and seven of those eight home runs either tied the game or gave the Orioles the lead. It was like this crazy offensive stretch mm-hmm. from Well, because you, you, you used him as a how about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it was pretty crazy, but it's probably not... Um, sig- uh, it probably doesn't signal that much more success for him, even though he yeah, had I that. Think, I think Ryan, Mount- like Ryan Mountcastle might be the team MVP besides Trey Mancini. Right, yeah. Which, by the way, that's something that... I know we didn't mention it, but if there's a reason to watch the Orioles, that's it right there. Like, he's had quite the comeback story over the last year. Yeah, it was... He was uh, diagnosed with leukemia, I believe. Yeah, or... He, was it that? He had chemotherapy he done. He had cancer. Yeah, he had he had cancer. And he's, you know, after one year on the sideline, on the sidelines, he, he comes back. Um, I think colon got, cancer. Yeah, colon cancer. He got a hit in his first spring training at bat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's great. Like, it's a great comeback story. This is likely your American League comeback player of the year. Yeah, regardless of how he performs. Like, the yeah. fact that he is standing on a baseball field in 2021 is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that yeah. is, like, outside of the stat sheet, that is 100% the number one reason to watch the Baltimore Orioles in 2021. And not only that, but it, there is a very great chance that he could perform extremely well for the team as well. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, there's a very good chance. I mean, he was he was their uh, you know, best offensive player for basically like 3 years. For yeah, a few outside of Manny Machado. A few years there. for sure, yeah. Um but yeah, that leads so that, that is the end of the Orioles talk. We are going to get into the Blue Jays uh yeah, I know, I know. We're going to get into the Blue Jays uh Yankees and Rays after we do some Kyle's questions. So we're going to head into Kyle's questions. And now we are here uh, with uh, a, a man who has led us into the sports journalism world, uh, a guy who kind of ducked out on baseball for a little bit, you know, on purpose or by accident, but He's been talking about how he wants to get back into it, uh, but he needs a little reintroduction into the baseball world. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle Belanger. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing great. I didn't leave the baseball world. The baseball world left me. Uh, I want to be very clear about this. You know, you don't spend 35 years steeped in baseball culture and then just duck out if you don't feel like somehow the sport that you've loved is uh, seeing other people. And that's how I felt. And I felt like uh, like she wasn't being honest with me. And, uh, and I left, but you know, um, old habits die hard. And I feel like maybe, uh, maybe it's time to give her another chance. And I'm really excited about this. And I, I'm thrilled that you guys are my Sherpas, uh, to climb back up Mount baseball. So thanks for, thanks for having me on guys. So when was the last time that you would say you were fully invested? Fully invested. That's a great question, Daniel. Um, fully invested. I think you and I were talking off the air about this and the last, 
the last crop of prospects that I followed hard. And I want to be honest, my level of baseball love was intense, you know, like sort of early, um, early internet era. Like I was that dude who was constantly on baseball America, looking at the top 10 prospects for every organization, making sure that I hit up the new Britain rock cats, making sure I hit up the Norwich navigators, making sure I hit up all of the um, Eastern league teams when the top prospects were there. So like I was in hard, I mean, like, like, like Eastern league, all-star 2003, Grady Sizemore MVP of the game, like level hard. I was in hard. And so the last time I really cared um, would have been, so my last guy that I loved watching come up is someone who's back in the news. It's JBJ. Um, when Jackie Bradley Jr. won his back-to-back World Series with South Carolina, I married a Gamecock. And, uh, and that was really meaningful. And when he ended up on, my, at, at the time, my Red Sox, um, it just seemed like a dream come true for me. Um, and then, so that when, when he finally matured to, to, to a, a big league talent is when, and that has nothing to do with it, but that's roughly the era when, when I stopped. So maybe let's call it 12, 13 was the last time that I was fully in. So uh, I have some unfortunate news for you, Kyle. Dustin Ackley did not work out. <laughs> I, I can't, I, you know, I look forward to finding out who that is. And I look for so excited. He was, uh, he was one of the top prospects in 2012 and 13 <laughs> for the Mariners. <laughs> I'm sure he's a lovely guy. I'm sure he's a I'm lovely sure he guy. is too. But yeah. you know, he it just didn't go as planned. Did he go the way of Brian Taylor or did he go did he like did he did he flash and flame out or uh or no. did, he, did he never no, even he make it? It, okay. it got to listen. So he it got to this point, and this is when you know it's bad for a baseball player. He had really nice long hair, a red beard, mm-hmm. and he ended up eventually going to the Yankees. Oh yeah. Yeah. Had you had you said long hair and a red beard and went to Oakland, I would have been like, I'm sure he I'm sure, I'm sure uh, Eric Burns loved him. Yeah, no, yeah. that's, that's the last place you want to go to if you're going to let it flow like that. <laughs> yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was just a gas stove that, that never turned on. Yeah. yeah, 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 those are dangerous. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so we just got to, we just want to catch up with you a little bit. So just yeah. letting you know, uh, the Cubs actually broke the curse. Yeah. 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 Okay. So here's, here's, here's how, here's how I know that happened because um, almost immediately after that, I did some work with Kyle Schwarber and I remember being like, Oh, Hey, great work breaking the curse. And I was like, I had to quickly remember, like, did I remember that properly? Or am I like going to accidentally end up in Schwarber's doghouse? And he was like, thanks, man. Thanks. We Kyle's got to stick together. I was like, yeah, we Kyle's got to stick together. Things how did, how did to... that? Uh, how did that connection happen? It was. Uh, it would have been in a uh, Super Bowl in. Yeah, uh, Houston. Houston. Yeah, it was the year was... after. Yeah, yeah. Good call. Look at this guy. Well, who could forget? I was going to say a Patriots fan. Oh, okay. Twenty-eight to three game. Good call. Good call. Yeah. I turned it off at halftime. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, you <laughs> don't tell me it's watching the second half. It's still on my DVR. Don't blow yeah. it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so a couple other things. We just want to let you know this now so that it doesn't confuse the hell out of you when you see it. Uh, there is a three batter minimum. If you enter the game as a pitcher, you mm-hmm. have to face at least three batters out of the bullpen. So if, if, huh. if you're watching like a Dodgers game, they bring in Victor Gonzalez, a lefty specialist, and he faces a lefty and then gives up a home run to two righties in a row and you're confused. Yeah. He had to do it. Yep. So he didn't. 
So that wasn't just Dave Roberts doing Dave Roberts. No, was, no, no, that, no, no. Okay. No. Okay. Well, so you, so you recognize that Dave Roberts is not the best. Was well, least, he was last year. Historically, was not the best game manager. So you know, you do know that. But he's a Red Sox fan. He saw twenty eighteen. I. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. You're not wrong. You, you saw when he kept bringing in Ryan Madsen. Yep, you are not wrong. I, you know, it's um honestly the three batter rule is an important um the three batter minimum is an important reminder for me. And I'll be honest, um, I was watching in, in all the spring training that I've been watching and I recognize how faulty that is to start a sentence that way. Um, you know, I don't watch any preseason football. I love football. I don't watch any preseason hoop. I love hoop, but I'm, I'm really doing my best to force feed myself, um, as much spring training baseball as I can because of the rule changes, because I don't want to be fully blindsided, you know, on, on April one. And I have to be honest, I, uh, the jury's out for me on all, and I'm reading about these rule changes and I, I sort of don't understand uh, how this could be um, Manfred's attempt at modernizing the game. It feels like it's just like nobody dude, does. Yeah, nobody no, understands okay. it. Okay, so we're cool like that. We can all we we can all agree that Manfred's just sort of a. Uh, he's walking around in a dark room just looking for a light switch. Rob Rob Manfred is the most hated man in Major League Baseball. That's okay. not even a discussion. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. So the three batter minimum, I honestly didn't hate it as much as I thought it I would. But then there's the rule where in extra innings a runner starts on second. Yeah. That's not okay. You know, I think what they should have done, if I'm being completely honest with you, and this is maybe um maybe showing you where my priorities are at this point in my life is uh, if they want to institute a new rule, let's do the free tacos thing on the weekly. Um, that's bringing, that's going to, you know, that'll, that'll bring all the boys to the yard. If you know what I'm trying to say, like, uh, you know, that's, that's the milkshake that people want. Give me a free taco. Someone steals a base, pick a random player. Let's let Taco Bell reap some benefits here. I don't care about time of the like, game. If I'm going like to spin a wheel, yeah. this, if this player steals a base today, bro, what? if I, if I'm getting a nachos locos taco or whatever the hell those things are called every week, I don't care how long the game goes. I will watch until I get that Doritos nachos. Whatever yeah, the hell you get, is. you get like the Fox game of the week, whoever, st- whichever team steals a base first, that city gets brilliant. a random Taco Bell spot in that city gets cool. free tacos. All That's of a brilliant. sudden, all of a sudden teams want to spend money and compete now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just fix baseball in like three minutes. Giancy, you're basically the Connie Mack of 2021. That's a brilliant idea. Let's go with it. (laughs) Gotta love love Connie Mack. That's right. We're we're a big fan of the late 20s, early 30s, A's dynasty. We were just talking about it today. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a a daily like baseball trivia thing that I, that Chris and I use every single day. And today's question was, uh, who is the first team to win three, to have three straight 100 win seasons? And I saw that. I was like, oh, it was the 1929 to 31 Oakland A's, like, or the Philadelphia A's at, the, at that point. I was right, like, right, come on. Right. Yeah. And like, that's, that's all, that's all in part to our history series because yeah. that was that, how many, we went through Jimmy Fox and Lefty, we went through Lefty Grove. Lefty Grove. We basically went through Mickey Cochran. Yeah, pretty much. Al Simmons was also there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, I got to say, I love, I love the work that you guys are doing. Um, I think that there aren't enough. Um, you know, baseball specific podcasts that aren't afraid to be both storytelling and nerdy, like the ability yeah. for you guys not to just rattle off statistics and to build a narrative is really, it's really special. And, um, you know, I, I, 
I, I you know, I, I love digging in on, on the historical ones because you guys don't even refer to, like, I like the historical ones that are way before, like that, like the, you know, the, the Mickey Cochran's of the world, you know, I, it's fine listening about the, you know, the 2007 Rays, like whatever. I remember that well, but like, really when we're, t- when you're talking about guys that like, like the Connie Mack stuff, um, that's, that's fantastic to me. I really love that you guys do that. Thank you. Thank you very yeah, much. I mean, you, you may have, if it was anyone else, you were probably like, oh, Connie Mack, it's not a reference I can be making. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, I, I remember, and I don't even remember the full story. It's a horrible radio, but um, I, when I was working, a, 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 I was a, a assistant sports editor and a sports columnist up at a daily newspaper um, up in Greenfield, Massachusetts. And legend was, it was, you know, right near the Turner's Falls airport where Ted Williams used to fly into, um, you know, back when he would, you know, take his, take his, his prop planes in and out. Um, but the story was also that Connie Mack used to scout Franklin County American Le- uh, Legion games. And, you know, in his senior, senior years, he would just bring a, you know, bring up a, a folding chair and sit there and scout Franklin County American Legion. It's really crazy. Love that. Yep. So yep. without further ado, uh, this segment is Kyle's questions. As Kyle's getting back into the game, we're here to answer any questions he has. So uh, why don't you go ahead? All right. I have four of them uh, and I'm going to kick right into it. As you know, as you, you both know, I'm a, I'm a talker. So cut me off when you need, just play, play that playoff mute, you know, the music that they play in the Grammys when someone talks too long, uh, play me off when you need to. Um, so I'm going to start, I'm going to start really, uh, really simple. I'm going to ask it in a way that's going to speak directly to uh, the other listeners who are my age. I'm going to ask you, and I'm keeping them AL East specific today, because I understand this is the AL East preview show. It is. Yeah. So um, my first one is a reference to ni- the 1990 season, um, specifically uh, a New York Yankee prospect who um, flashed in the pan and then disappeared. And I'm going to ask you this, and I'm going to let you ask me any clarifying questions. Who is Kevin Moss in 2021? Kevin Moss. Kevin Moss. Please hold. Uh. <laughs> no, let me let me clear it up. Kevin Moss. Kevin Moss was dope in spring training in 1990. Homeboy must have hit 12 home runs in spring training. Um, his rookie cards went through the roof. Uh, I did some unspeakable things to get my hands on some of them, um, and then I think couldn't have hit his way out of a wet paper bag the rest of the way. So my well, question. Well. Go in ahead. 1990, he had a 902 OPS for a 150 OPS plus. Yeah, that's that's 50. He was actually he was actually hold on, Kyle. I'm going to stop you right there. He was about at worst an average hitter through the first four seasons of his career. Okay, but he wasn't he wasn't the uh, the 60 home run guy that we were all expecting. Okay, fair um, enough. And Sandy was like a he flamed out at the end. Yes, and and he came out of nowhere. No one knew who Kevin Moss was coming in. So my question is in the AL East this year. Who's someone that is not yet on the radar who by mid season, we're going to be like, whatever happened to that guy, we expected big things because of what happened in spring training. What the hell happened to him? It's, it's hard to apply that to someone who's performing well in spring training right now, but there were a few guys that like, you know, not, not to make this all about like, the Red Sox or whatever, because we are Red Sox fans. But there were, couple, you, I think I was going to say there the were a couple thing. guys on the Red Sox in who excelled in in the month of September. Maybe not so much in spring training this year. Who but, we already went over earlier. Yeah. So yeah, Tanner Huck, Hauk. who's a Hauk, Hauk. Tanner Hauk, who is a right-handed pitcher. He pitched 17 innings in September last year. One earned run allowed. Uh, 21 strikeouts in those 17 innings. So like. 
but he wasn't really, he wasn't a top 100 prospect in baseball at all. He had a four ERA in the minors as well. He was a first round pick in 2017. Okay. Uh, but in 2020, he produced the only season in baseball history with a 1.25 plus uh, wins above replacement, according to baseball reference in less than 20 innings pitched. Yeah. So he had an impressive season. And then there's Bobby Dahlbeck who Chris is talking about. He had a 9.59 OPS. Yeah, one one fifty two OPS plus signifying that he was 50, 52% above the average hitter. Yeah. Um, the, his strikeout rates are very bad, though. Both in yeah. the Sox season? Both in the Sox system? Okay. Yeah, and not, neither of them came up as top 100 prospects in baseball. But they Dahlbeck, had, I thought Dahlbeck was like 90. He might have been. He was like top five in the Red Sox system, but... Mm, okay. Not which like isn't, super on the radar, guys. Which isn't saying much now, right? Because I understand after I went to sleep eight years ago, the Red Sox system went in the crapper. Am I right? Well, it wasn't eight years ago. It was more like three, four years ago at this okay. point, maybe. 2016 was when it started yeah. falling apart. Because that's when they traded Anderson Espinosa for Drew Pomeranz, but that didn't really because they were anything bad. Yeah, they were like, we already have Betts, Bogarts, Benintendi, uh, Bradley. We already have all those guys, so we can just trade everybody else. We got them locked up for at least three years, those guys. So. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Wait, I mean three years. Okay, so that helps me. So so uh, Hauk and who was the other? Dalback. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah that's a right-handed pitcher and a first baseman. Okay, this is great. Wait a minute. They have another Dalback at first base? They're not allowed – You they already no. had their – they already had their Dalback. D-A-L-B-A-C. All right. B-E-C. We'll let it slide. Dalback. All right, All right. Ne- next question. You ready? Yeah. Yes. My next question uh, is actually probably pretty to answer, pretty easy to answer because of what happened last year, right? We didn't really have a true season. Um, and so, again, I'm going to refer to 1990, the last time I felt cool. Um, also, the 1990 version of the American League East. So I'm talking Tigers here. Um, who is this year's Cecil Fielder? A guy who just didn't play last year or maybe was fully on the shelf last year and could just turn himself into an absolute stud if okay. he gets to play the full complement. This is a very easy question. Um, Chris and I just be- finished going over I'm, him. I'm trying. Oh. It's, oh. it's Trey Mancini. He's definitely the best story. Yeah. Is he still with the Orioles? He's still with the Orioles. I don't know if you heard, but he was diagnosed with colon cancer during spring training of 2020. Well, obviously he was not, he was not going to play the 2020 season with, you know, the health concerns that he had. Uh, he's going to be in the opening day lineup. He got a hit in his first spring training game. He's the best hitter on the Orioles through the last probably four years besides yeah. Manny Machado. Uh, obviously he couldn't play last year, but he's probably going to, I could see him at most getting MVP recognition uh, this year. Yeah. And um, another guy with a good story, not necessarily like as great as Mancini's but he didn't play last year because of Tommy John surgery he's actually had two Tommy John surgeries Mm, and cancer great one great one and uh, he was just traded from the Pirates over to the Yankees his name is Jamison Tyon he's a right-handed pitcher Um, his best season was 2018 he had like a low threes ERA but he's ran into the you know elbow surgeries but and there's also a trend of Pirates players going from the Pirates and doing very well elsewhere so Jameson Tyon could be that guy for uh, the Yankees in the Yankees rotation. Yeah. That guy has gone through everything. That's fascinating. It's it's wild that um, that Trey Mancini is still a thing. Like that is that that blows my mind. Um, yeah, very wild. Awesome. Great answers. Great answers. Okay. 
Um, all right, so my next one is actually <clears throat> sort of a theoretical question. I'm well aware that, you know, 162 is what we hope to play. Um, I'm also not naive enough to think that COVID won't have a say or two throughout the year. So which AL East team do you think would be hurt the most if they only get to play 140? You know, this is a, this is a team that would, I'm looking for a team that really needs, that really needs 162 to come into form. I would say that team is the Toronto Blue Jays out of the American League East teams, because you know, I think the the widely regarded favorites are the Yankees and then maybe the Rays just because of their last season. The Red Sox and Orioles are likely not going to be contending, but the Blue Jays, they might need all that they can get. Uh, they have, especially with the pitching debt that they have, like it's very, it's kind of depleted after the first couple guys in that rotation. Uh-huh. Um, so they're a team that needs everything they can get. For me, it kind of depends on how those 140 get played out. Yeah. Because um, like hypothetically, when do you think like would games be sporadically just like canceled? So in my, honestly, in my, uh, in the way that I've thought about this season playing out and I'm going to be completely honest, I'm thinking about this in terms of my, of my Roto fantasy drafts, um, you know, because there are certain numbers you want to get to, right. You know, when you're drafting in fantasy, you know, whether it's, you know, you, you set your numbers of home runs, you set your at bats, you set, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm thinking like, there are going to be some guys that just aren't able to get to the numbers that I'm projecting. Um, and so I don't really have it in a certain place. I don't imagine it as big chunks. I imagine mm-hmm. it more of like, I'll use the Cardinals because they seem to really like getting canceled last year. You know, like the Cardinals miss a series and maybe we'll make it up later, maybe not. So throughout the year, just maybe you lose seven series total. So yeah, a team I was thinking of was the Yankees, but they could also possibly benefit from a 140 game season too. Cause it depends. I was say, every team you could argue could benefit from it because that gives the, the people more rest yeah. that need it. I mean, I feel like the Yankees could be in their best form by the end of the year because um, Luis Severino, who is a guy who he finished third, third in the Cy Young in 2018 and had a pretty good 2019 too. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. He's probably going to be coming back mid season. So he'll, be a good piece to have at the towards the end of the season if they and if they can't play every game uh that would hurt them but and i mean it might help if they're kind of sporadically it, it might be a benefit if they're kind of sporadic because they have a, a big injury history like aaron right. judge you probably heard like aaron judge hasn't really been able to stay on same the with john carlos stanton and big time with uh john carlos stanton so you know it could work in like the most extreme of ways for the Yankees. You know, that's interesting you bring that up because I also think about a guy like, like, isn't Trevor Bauer a Yankee now? No, he's a Dodger. No. Okay. <laughs> so, never mind then. He almost <laughs> went to the other New York team. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Okay. Because like, he's, he's a guy that just can't seem to like, you know, I feel like a guy like Trevor Bauer, who he's like p- such limited innings over the last couple of years, right? Am well, I the thinking, weird thing you know, is he wants to pitch every fourth day. Yeah, no, but that- he... Bauer got, he got uh, injured in 2018, but he still qualified. And then he was like, uh, he got over 200 innings in 2019. And then last, last year he was, he got enough innings to win Cy Young. 
Okay, then I must be thinking about someone else. I who who did they? Sorry, this sounds this is again bad radio, but I, I like I think about guys who um, you know, who are probably going to get managed into into some rest, right? Like guys who for load management or you know making sure that that you know guys with, with sort of an injury history, it could I, work. Tyler Glasnow, Tyler Glasnow, that's your that might be who you're thinking of. No, I think you, like a guy who just became a Yankee who who you might be thinking about is Corey Kluber. 100% it's Corey Kluber. Thank yeah. you. Corey Kluber is yep. what you were thinking of. Yep. Cause, cause I was looking at, I was looking at the Yankees. See, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm really trying hard to get back in like at, you know, like a decent level now, but I was looking at, it was Kluber's numbers and it was like 31 innings last year or something. It was like one, one, one. Okay. Okay. So yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was 31 pitches. I don't know, but like. It was probably 31 innings in 2019 because he made okay. seven starts. Then he yep. got hit with a comebacker and he never came back. Yep. That's exactly what it was. And yeah. so I, I think like a guy like Kluber, who they're probably going to try down the stretch to, you know, keep fresh, you know, a couple of, a couple of COVID pauses might actually work out well for him in terms of the team, right? If you have to push him from, you know, game three, the three, the third game of a series in Minnesota, because mm-hmm. it gets canceled. Now you have him on the first night of a series, you know, against Tampa, right? I mean, like there's, that's a big difference right there. Hey, are the, where is, where's Toronto playing? Are they in Dunedin now? Yeah, they're in Dunedin for their first okay. home stands. And then okay. there it's who knows because they can't really go back to Buffalo because yeah. uh, there's a minor league team playing there. But yeah. by the way, I went pretty deep into this last year. The Blue Jays offense raked at Salem Field in Buffalo. <laughs> like they went off like they never did in Toronto. And I don't think, I honestly don't think it's just like more development. I really think, like that part had some sort of factor for them. Yeah. 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 And it's so funny. That is one thing that concerns me about the team is that the offense might regress when they don't play there. Right. And I don't know when they're, if, or when they're going back to Toronto for the time being. Yeah. Um, but obviously as of now, they're going to play in their spring training. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see, to see how that plays out as well. Um, and my last question, I don't want to like take over your whole, the, the, the whole episode, but my last question is I'm wondering if, if you would each, just take turns and give me one person, not don't give me the easy ones. One person from each AL East team that you're hoping that I come away with an appreciation for. Uh, this is exactly what we're doing on and during the previews. Okay. So it's, it's, but it's, again, it's not like someone that I'm going to love. It's someone that you hope I can appreciate. I think okay. Well, I know exactly who I'm saying. And Chris, right. yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> There's a pitcher on the blue Jays. All right. <laughs> this guy is probably my favorite pitcher in the league. Not because, he, not because he's good, just because he is so interesting and far from everyone else's standards. His name is Robbie Ray. And I don't okay. want to go too deep into it because I don't know if we're placing this in between the Orioles and Blue Jays. Okay. Are, right. are we doing that? We're, yeah, we are. Okay, I don't want to go do too deep into it because I'm going to be talking about him later okay. in the show and I'm going okay. to be talking more extensively. But Well, I'll hear I, it when I listen to the show, yeah. yeah. And I've written about him too. Robbie Ray, for okay. sure. Okay. My Blue Jays guy, at least. But if you want a guy from each team, yeah, uh, I'd say listen to the show as well because that's kind of what <laughs> that's a great yeah. tease if that's how you want to end this. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, like um, guys that maybe flew under the radar for someone who's not paying attention. Like from the Yankees, the leader in home runs last year was not Aaron Judge, not John Carlos Stanton. It was this first baseman, Luke Voigt, who they acquired in a deal for a reliever that was just kind of a throwaway trade a few years ago and now he's leading the league in home runs so that's a guy from the Yankees uh I think we went over the Red Sox guys like those young guys with Dahlbeck and uh and Hulk or Hauk 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 (laughs) yeah 
uh, who else? Um, the Rays are kind of weird because they lost their two best pitchers. Um, so that whole bullpen is, is, a, is something to pay attention to, which is okay. a weird thing to say. Um, like position player wise, they don't really have a lot of star power either. They just have a lot of pretty good. Yeah. Like, a team like Brandon Lau played above his head last year. I don't know if he's going to sustain that type of success. Yeah. Brandon, yeah. Brandon Lau was, uh, yeah, he was their team leader. And he was my, mid, he was my mid season MVP. Um, okay. and then blue Jays, there's a ton, there's a ton of guys to pay attention to on the blue Jays. Um, mm-hmm. I believe uh, Hyunjin Ryu is the most underrated pitcher in baseball. He's so underrated, he's finished runner-up in the mm-hmm. Cy Young two years in a row. I'm not saying underrated <laughs> from the writer's perspective, but he's underrated <laughs> from the fan perspective because no one seems to care. Yeah. No one seems to care that he has two Cy Young finalist seasons under his belt, yeah. and they're barely putting him in like the top in, 15. In pitchers. 2019, he was threatening to have the lowest ERA since they lowered the mound. Yeah, he okay. was. Um. And yeah, you have, you know, you've heard of the uh, the legacy, the legacy Blue Jays, you know, Kevin Biggio, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Bo Bichette. Yep. All those guys are very exciting. And then and, tra- and no, Travis Shaw left, but uh, <laughs> Travis Shaw also, but he's not there anymore. Uh, Orioles. Um, there's really not much to pay attention to with the Orioles. I would say unless Adley Rushman, de- like definitely Trey Mancini. Yeah, obviously. Trey Mancini. And then if Adley Rushman comes up, like Chris said. Yeah, he was- and then Austin Hayes. Adley Rushman was the number one overall pick in 2019. He was uh, Adley Rushman in the College World Series in 2019 was given the Barry Bonds treatment where he was intentionally walked with the base. Okay. Is Tor- is Torkelson also in the organization? No, he's in the Tigers organization. Tigers, okay. So I would okay. not count on seeing him this year though. Okay, okay. He's not played a single minor league game. Yeah, it's it's just it's fascinating. So I'm also I, I think in guys that's really super helpful. Um. I, I think I also mentioned that one of the ways I'm getting involved too is I'm, I'm picking I'm picking up card collecting again. Yeah. So I'm, just, I'm just noticing guys like Torkelson whose cards are going crazy right now, despite the fact that he's probably not going to you know break in. Until he's never played a professional game. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I will tell you that my Bobby Witt Juniors came in today and they are lovely. I so, think uh, I think I, oh Chris, we were talking about the AL rookie class earlier. That's a guy we forgot to mention. Oh right, right. Yeah. Casey yep. Myers as well. Yep. Tarb Scooble. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm shying away from the pitchers. Pitchers cards never, never, uh, are never worth much. You know, I've got, I've got all my, my, uh, my Pedro and Randy Johnson rookies to prove it. If, if Pedro and no, and Randy Johnson's cards can't, can't, you know, can't appreciate in value, then no one's can. So, guys, thank you. This was really helpful. I look forward. If you'll have me on again, if you don't mind me torpedoing the segment, I'm gonna take uh, copious notes. Yeah, um, yeah. and, and you guys are going to power my way through, uh, anytime you want to just hop on be like, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. We're, yeah, we're trying to make, yeah, we'll make this a, a thing that we do like throughout the season. Like cool, if, yeah. you're, if you're watching the television screen with baseball on it and you're like, what's, what's going on here? Who are these people? You know, just, just give you us know, a short, short notice. You have, I think both of our numbers. <laughs> yeah. I could also, it could also be, I do have both of your numbers. I could also send you a voice text and you just splice it in. So you don't even have to have me having a, a I don't even point. have to talk back. You could, you could just, just play the clip and answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> great point. Yeah, you exactly. That. That's true. You don't even need to have me com- have a conversation. No, I love it guys. Thank you. I appreciate what you're doing so much. For sure. All right. All right, gentlemen. This has been Kyle Belanger. It's been a pleasure. And we will be having you on in some sort of form in many cases yeah. this season. That wraps up our, uh, 
our first edition of Kyle's Questions. So uh, now back into, we'll get into the Blue Jays. So that was Kyle's Questions. Uh, a good quality segment. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. Great, great guy to talk to. You can go on nice tangents or what have you. Love the 1990 baseball references. There was not enough Reds, though. Uh, not enough Chris Sabo. Not enough Eric Davis. Not enough uh, Bob Welsh either. Not enough Bob. <laughs> not enough Bob Welsh. Cy Young <laughs> talk. Yeah. Or uh, you know Dennis you want, Eggersley 061 ERA. If you want to go like real basic, Ricky Henderson. Yeah. Uh, putting together a 1016 six, OPS. 1016 OPS <laughs> with 65 stolen bases, but you know, you get that. That's gonna be that's gonna be me in the future. I'm just gonna be. It'll be 2043, and I'm just going to be talking about the 2007 Red Sox. <laughs> I'm just going to be talking about Josh Beckett and how he's. You're going to most... be like at like a barbecue with some random like just casual baseball fans. You're going to be like, it's going to be, you're going to see someone older be like, oh yeah, I grew up with Ricky Henderson. Like I watched him play for the Yankees. You'd be like, oh dude, remember that 1990 season where he had a 1016 OPS with 65 stolen bases in Oakland? That was sick. It's too bad they got swept in the World Series by the Nasty Boys though, right? Yeah. I... I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> They're like, what? Me with like some uh, grandfather from Brooklyn talking to me about Kofax, <laughs> and I'm like, one of the one of those like eight seasons with an ERA of less than <laughs> two and a FIP of less than two in the live ball era is insane. Crazy. The only person to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to put up ten wins above replacement as a pitcher. I mean. How, what what was it? What is it? The eighteen hundreds? Yeah, <laughs> we pitched five hundred innings or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's 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 gonna be me. Uh, you know, I I hope to do that <laughs> at some point. But yeah, uh, very good segment. We hope to do that throughout the season, uh, and we hope to we hope to get him really into baseball, like fully back in there. You know, by the end of the season, he should just be third Mike. A co-host. He's yeah. just. <laughs> He's just referencing ex Wobicon. <laughs> like, yeah. Meatball swing percentage. Yeah. <laughs> Pointing out Franchi Cordero's, uh, <laughs> you know, ex Wobicon <laughs> on sliders on the outside half of the plate. On zone nine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, zone nine. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, but yeah, we're going to get back into division previews, uh, or the division preview that we're doing, uh, and the teams we're talking about. We've covered the Red Sox and Orioles, and now we're going into the Blue Jays. This is the moment Daniel's been waiting for, but we have to start off by saying, coming off a 32-28 and 28 season, uh, a playoff season also, they lost Taiwan Walker, Matt Shoemaker, Anthony Bass, Jonathan VR, and Ken Giles, who didn't pitch much for them last year, but had an excellent 2019. And uh, they added George Springer, uh, arguably the, the best uh, player on the market, he got the most money this offseason uh, out of anyone on the free agent market. Also, Marcus Simeon, Kirby Yates, Tyler Chatwood, Tommy Malone, and David Phelps. So we know what player uh, you're going to be discussing, but go ahead, go ahead and uh, give, off, give off the, uh, the old takes about Mr. Robbie Ray. Chris, Chris, you're going to come in here at this time of the night, at this time of the year, and you're going to ask me, who my player to watch in the Blue Jays is, as if, I mean, you know who it is, but I actually got two players on this team. 
So uh, I'm going to start you out with a nice little appetizer before right. we get into the three-course meal. Some fried calamari. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, well, he did it again, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Uh, consensus was is a pretty good player. He had a 127 OPS plus in 2019, then upped it to a 138 OPS plus in 2020. So Mm -hmm. very good player on the Blue Jays. But there's a couple things that I just couldn't let go. First of all, I texted you this the other night. Uh, In 2018, he had 11 home runs and 111 total bases. And in 2020, he had 11 home runs and 111 total bases. He is the only player in baseball history to have multiple seasons with exactly 11 home runs and 111 total bases. That is Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Okay. In 2018 and 2020. So we did have the same player, but for, for different reasons. But for different reasons. <laughs> How about that? And there's another thing I wanted to, to mention. Uh, about? About Lourdes Gurriel Jr. before we get into the three-course meal. Yeah, go go right ahead. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., I was looking at this. He's the only player. Okay, actually, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it that way. I was going through some Savant stuff. You know, and Savant, they just added the year-by-year changes. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I looked at it, and in 2019, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., very good year by him, mind you, uh, he had 314 at-bats. And in those 314 at-bats, he produced 50 line drives. He squared the ball up and hit a liner 50 times out of those 314. And in 2020, he had 208 at-bats, understandably much less because, you know, it was a shortened seasoned season. And uh, in those 208 at-bats, he put up... 59 line drives. He had nine more line drives in 2020 than he did in a very good 2019 season. He is the only player to have qualified in both seasons to have more line drives in 2020 than he did in 2019. And it wasn't even close. It was by nine. Wow. Yeah. That's... All right. Now we gotta gotta bring the button back. That's a worthy button moment. Yeah. We gotta get the uh, full full clip there. How about all right, so now it's time for the full course meal. Robbie Ray, Let's Robert go. Glenn Ray, yes, is not only is he the, my player to watch on the Blue Jays, he is my favorite player to watch in the entire league. If he's pitching, I'm watching. Doesn't matter what else is on. I'm gonna. The thing about Robbie Ray is he is the true two outcomes pitcher: strikeouts and walks. Robbie Ray does that so much, and pretty much in a more dominant fashion than anyone else. He is the only pitcher in baseball history. Minimum 60 innings pitched, with 11 strikeouts per nine and an 11% walk rate. How about that? Uh, he is also one of six pitchers since 2017 with 11-plus strikeouts per nine. The other five are Chris Sale, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom, and who is the other one? Chris Sale, Garrett Cole, Jacob deGrom, Justin Verlander, Max and Max Serger. Yeah. So Robbie Ray is among the elite strikeout artists in the game. And by the way, he's only one of three pitchers with 12 strikeouts per nine. I was being nice putting the 11 in there so I could throw uh, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, um, and Jacob deGrom in there because the other three have more. Uh, and he has more seasons than anyone in baseball history with 120-plus innings pitched, 11-plus strikeouts per nine, and 3.5-plus walks per nine. And lastly, he has 32 games since 2017 with four strikeouts and four walks. Those 32 games are the most in the league, and no one else has more than 17. How about that? So Robbie Ray has proven to be virtually the most one-dimensional pitcher in the history of baseball. He is awesome at strikeouts. 
He is terrible with walks, and because of those walks, he's not very good with run prevention. Now, this means that if he can get those walks down, if he can get those walks down, Robbie Ray is one of the most elite pitchers in the league. Obviously, it's, it's very dependent on it. If he can do that, I don't know if he can because his walk rate has been very bad for many years, but uh, he and Randy Johnson have very similar strikeout and walk numbers through their age 28 seasons. Robbie Ray will be going into his age 29 season. So I will be watching Robbie Ray's every single move, every start, every strikeout, every walk, every home run given up. I'm going to be there for it. Yeah, yeah, it is fun. Yeah, we've done the, the Randy Johnson episode, and he Johnson was not what you know what is known as randy johnson now until his age 29 season and you know he carried that out through his age 45 season Mm -hmm. so who knows uh who else can do that but i mean it kind of makes it they have right now they're at about the same career path which is pretty insane to hear like that's like that sounds like a, a clickbait thumbnail like is robbie Robbie, ray is (laughs) robbie ray the next randy johnson yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Rob, yeah. the most similar pitcher in history to Robbie Ray is uh, Randy Johnson <laughs> at this point. But yeah, uh, so yeah, here's my so my player to look for. So out of all the hitters in that uh, powerful Blue Jays lineup, only one man has had an 850-plus OPS or better uh, and 200-plus plate appearances for the Blue Jays in both 2019 and 2020, and that man is Lourdes Goriel Jr. Uh, George Springer did that as well, but not for the Blue Jays, if you were confused at that statistic. Uh, over the past two seasons, he has hit 289 with an 874 OPS and 31 home runs in 141 games. And since the start of 2019, of the 10 players who have 400-plus plate appearances with the Blue Jays, Goriel Jr. leads that class in OPS. So he's been one of their better offensive players. Um, and he's also a young guy. He's just, you know, he's not a part of the legacy Blue Jays. He wasn't really that much of a highly touted prospect, but he's sort of performing better. Not saying that he's going to sustain that, but he's been right up there uh, with those highly touted Blue Jays prospects. Um, so yeah, now on to questions regarding the Blue Jays. Yeah, so I'm going to go first. Uh... Which What is more crucial to this team's development? Because this team is very up-and-coming. They're not necessarily expected to... I mean, they're expected to make noise this year, but it's... You know, you feel like they're not quite there yet. So what is more crucial to them being there? Is it Nate Pearson developing more, or is it Vladimir Guerrero Jr. finding some stability? Uh, crucial for this year. Um, that's a good question. I think I'm going to say Nate Pearson... Not say, because, uh, you know, I feel like from a fan's perspective, you want to see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. take that step up. However, the Blue Jays' starting rotation, you know, outside of Ryu and potentially Shoemaker, it's it's kind of a a graveyard there. It's just it's not great in that Blue Jays' rotation. So Nate Pearson would play. Nate Pearson being good would be more vital to the Blue Jays' team than Vladimir Guerrero Jr. being good because. If Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s not good, you just stick him in, like, I don't know, the 6 or 7 spot. He can hide behind, you know, Lourdes Goriel Jr., George Springer, Rowdy Telez, Teoscar Hernandez. The list goes on with that lineup. With, you know, with Nate Pearson, he only really has 
Ryu and maybe Shoemaker ahead of him. So he would he he requires the uh, the the Blue Jays require him to be better at this stage in their in their team sure um, in, in their team process. Um, although it would be nice to see Vladdy Jr. take that step up. Uh, my question: Will Hyunjin Ryu get Cy Young votes for the third consecutive year? Sure. All right. I'm not saying he's going to be a finalist. <laughs> sure. But he'll be. In I'll that. just do it. I'll just do it. To, I'll just say it just to be nice. I mean, you know. But there is very good reason to believe he will. And also the the AL. What is he entering his age 36 season? No, I think it's 30. Uh, it's 34 maybe. Oh shoot. Yeah, I think he's in his age 34 season, and the class of American League pitchers is not as deep as the National League, uh, so it's kind of easier easier for him to do that. Um, sure. And he had a good year against some stiff Eastern competition uh, last year. So now on to the New York Yankees. Um, they're coming off a 33-27 and 27 season where they were eliminated in the ALDS, so they won a playoff series and then lost a playoff series. Uh, they lost Masahiro Tanaka, James Paxton, J.A. Happ, Adam Adovino, Tommy Canely and Jonathan Holder. So I, I, I put in that they lost Adam Adovino, but I did not put in that the <laughs> Red Sox added him. Uh, I don't know. Doesn't matter where he went; they lost him, even <laughs> if he had a hard hit percentage of fifty percent. <laughs> yeah, they, they. What? What if he just retired? Like <laughs> they lost him to retirement. Uh, they added Jamison Tyon, who we talked about in uh, Kyle's questions. Also Corey Kluber, who we talked about in Kyle's questions. Darren O'Day and Justin Wilson and Luis Severino will likely be coming back mid-season, probably more likely than uh, I think he'll. Sale. I think he comes back before Sale, Yeah. even though they got Tommy John at sort of around the same time. Yeah, because he's more necessary to the Yankees right now than uh, yep. Sale is to the Red Sox. So what player uh, are you looking at for the Yankees? So it's pretty difficult to find an under-the-radar player on a team like the Yankees that get right. a lot of media attention. So I decided to just own the nerds and talk about a guy who's on everyone's radar, and that's Aaron Judge. Ah. Yeah. Uh, because in some facets, I honestly feel like he might not, not get the recognition he deserves because mm-hmm. since 2017, he is the second highest weighted runs created plus in baseball with a 156. The only guy ahead of him is Mike Trout. He is one of just two players to put up 140 OPS plus in every year since 2017. The only other one is Mike Trout. And he is also one of just four players since 2017 with an offensive rating above 100 and a defensive and a positive defensive uh, rating. So if he's healthy, sue me. He's a top five player in baseball. I, I have no problem saying that. Yeah, I, well, yeah. When healthy, even when he's not healthy, like he produced a like a five win season. Yeah. Uh, I think in 20, 2019 when he was injured, like. You know, when he's there, he's incredible. And, yeah, his defense also goes under the radar, too. You know, he's uh, he has pretty good range for a guy who's, you know, 280 pounds. And uh, he has a cannon arm, yeah. which you've probably seen the likes of which on StatCast. You know, like 100-mile-per-hour throws to home plate. Yeah, like there are ways in which he is underrated, which is pretty Weird. hilarious to say. Because people also complain about him being overrated. Yeah, I mean like... And it's not even like the Bryce Harper effect where it's just like, it's just pointless, you know, conspiracy mm-hmm. theory for everyone. It's just, dude, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop, he's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people, yeah. people have been saying Bryce Harper's overrated. 
since he was like 18 years old. Yeah. <laughs> since he was born. Yeah. You're like, this guy's not that good. Yeah, since he was trying to get his GED when he was like 17, <laughs> he was, yeah, ever since yeah ever since he was reading of mice and men, he was being uh, called overrated on. Twitter. He was literally grieving the loss of Lenny, and people were like, <laughs> "You suck! You're not even good! You shouldn't be on the Sports Illustrated magazine at 18." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People were people were calling him a bust when uh, Jay Gatsby got shot in his pool. <laughs> <laughs> at that point they were calling him a bust already yeah. but my players to look for or yeah I'm going with two players okay not too not completely analytical on either so I figured I'd do two uh, one guy I've mentioned a couple times Jameson Tyon yeah uh, in his last full season which was 2018 finished ninth in ERA ninth and fifth ninth in F war and fifth in B war and then my other player uh, to watch Clint Frazier who has been a highly touted prospect for a while, and I think he's kind of coming out of his shell. Uh, of the 203 players with 150-plus plate appearances last year, Frazier's 905 OPS ranked 30th out of those 203, and uh, it might be time for him to get an everyday job with the with the Yankees because he's not even really a platoon guy. You know, he hits well against uh, both uh, both arms, <laughs> I guess you would say. <laughs> he uses two hands when he swings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, Facing facing yes. both arms, yeah. <laughs> he does he does well. You know, a 905 OPS last year. But yeah, I feel like he might be getting some starts over someone like Brett Gardner, yeah. who's also a corner outfielder. I can't wait for Aaron Judge to hit a 40 home run season just for me to be like, I told you so. He's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one was on this guy's radar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a genius. All right, and actually, usually you ask the question first, but I think that's a lead into my question. Great. Uh, will Aaron Judge accumulate a five-win season in 2021? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think if he stays healthy, it's very easy for him to do so. If he stays healthy, it's very easy. Another guy that needs to stay healthy. All right. If he stays healthy, does John Carlos Stanton lead the league in exit velocity? Um, exit We're going he... savant questions here. Whew. That, that's a curveball. I, I like yeah. that. Um. I think he has some... Or some can he just be, like, 100th percentile? Because I think, like, they give that to, like, three people sometimes. Yeah, because it's hard to, like... Because, like, yeah, a significant margin is, like, 0.5 miles per hour. So, like, mm-hmm. it's easy to tie. Uh, I'm thinking because he's joined by some stiff competition. Like, some of the guys on the White Sox have some... Like, Luis Robert and even just, like, 45-year-old Nelson Cruz. <laughs> yeah, or... Uh, Miguel Man- Sano. Mankata. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Miguel Sano. Um, yeah, it, I'll say yes. I'll say yes on that. Okay. Yeah, he'll be a hundredth sure. percentile if he stays health if he stays healthy. Because also, you know, they don't count for strikeouts with exit velocity, so it's just the balls you make contact with. So exactly. I think he can. Uh, I think he can get into the hundredth percentile. So yeah, now on to the Tampa Bay Rays, the division champions, the American League champions of 2020. They're coming off a 40 and 20 season. Uh, where they were eliminated in the World Series. They lost Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, Aaron Loop, John Curtis, and Hunter Renfro. And they added Luis Patino, Francisco Mejia, who are both younger guys looking to make headway. Uh, they also added Michael Walker, Rich Hill, who are not young guys looking to make <laughs> headway, uh, Chris, Chris Archer, and Colin McHugh. 
Uh, what player are you looking at with the Tampa Bay Rays? I'm looking at one of those ads. I'm looking at Rich Hill. Nice. Yeah. So Rich Hill, as we know, has had quite the resurgence in his 30s and 40s. Uh, get the button out. Rich Hill is just one of five starting pitchers uh, in to have an... Ah, okay, I'm going to start that again. Rich Hill is just one of five starting pitchers to have an ERA plus at or above 140 through their age 35 season in which they have accumulated at least 400 innings pitched. The other four starting pitchers to do that are Randy Johnson, Lefty Grove, Justin Verlander, and Spud Chandler. <laughs> when we're talking about Big Spud, yeah. you know it's real. <laughs> Spud Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's a guy I haven't heard of. I I didn't heard of him yeah, either. He yeah. was a Yankee. Wow. What, what era? Like like twenties? Like thirties, forties, fifties, something like that. He probably yeah. He probably has like seven World Series championships. Let <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other three are awesome. Like Randy Johnson, Lefty Grove, Justin Verlander. Like that's that's two history alum and then a future Hall of Famer. And yeah. There's big Spud. Uh, yeah, let's take yeah, a 1937 moment. through 47, three-time World Series champion. Uh, he had a 1.64 ERA in his age 35 season, and then just never looked back from there. He retired, leading the league with a 2.46 ERA in 1947, the year the league integrated. Yeah, they because they won it in 37, 38, and 43, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, and. He had a 159 ERA plus and, from uh, ages 35 to 39. And 40, 47 they won it. So I guess he wasn't on the World Series roster for some of those. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Spud Chandler. But yeah. And that is why Spud Chandler is my 1930s Yankee to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's flying under the radar. No one's talking about... Why like, isn't he in Monument Park? Yeah, you know, I know his fastball is averaging about 78.5 <laughs> but uh he's someone to look out for yeah all right uh my player to watch um is uh you know they they've lost two uh really good starters in, in blake snell and charlie morton so i'm looking at a guy who probably needs to step up uh who's been pretty good in his career ryan yarbrough mm-hmm. uh he will likely consistently be in the starting rotation now that you know, Snell and, and Morton are gone. He had a 3.56 ERA last year and a career 3.94 ERA. And uh, there are 11 pitchers in baseball with 190 plus innings pitched and a 5 plus strikeout to walk ratio since the start of 2019. They are Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber, Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Walker Bueller, Zach Greinke, Clayton Kershaw, Hyunjin Ryu, Kyle Hendricks, and Ryan Yarbrough. Wow, what a list! Yeah, it's uh, that's that's those are some high high quality pitchers that uh, he joins, and you know he's very good at not uh, issuing walks. Uh, is kind of the point of that. He's not a big strikeout machine, but he does not walk very many very many batters. So. On to questions for the Tampa Bay Rays. So you mentioned how in the interview with Kyle, this team doesn't really have a ton of star power. Uh, so with that being said, who do you think leads this team and wins above replacement? Um, in uh, doesn't matter what website, and you know that includes position players and pitchers. Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. Um, I think huh. so. Twenty nineteen, their best player was Austin Meadows. Uh, Twenty twenty yeah. was Brandon Lau. 
Yeah, 20, 2019 is like Meadows slash Morton. Uh-huh. They don't have Morton anymore. Um, I'm going to stick with uh, Brandon Lau. Okay. Because he had a decent 2019, too. So it seems it seems uh, pretty sustainable. Sure. Um, and my question is actually about Brandon Lau. So uh, I'll ask. go ahead and uh, ask that. Will Brandon Lau... Hit over or under thirty-two and a half home runs. Thirty. I think he goes under. Uh huh. Yeah. Like I, I see. I know that. Like they're deadening the baseball supposedly, so yep. I think league-wide numbers are going. I could see him hitting like twenty to twenty-five. Okay. okay. Which is still very good, very serviceable, and I think he's going to shoot the gaps a lot. Yep. Maybe get like a high eight OPS. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He he was more that guy in uh, he was more that guy in twenty nineteen. Yeah, that's what I see. When he was. Briefly, the like front runner for rookie of the year until Jordan Alvarez showed up. <laughs> uh, that was a that was a fun time. But yeah, those are all the American League's teams. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this preview, uh, where with also a our first segment of Kyle's questions. A great a great time that we hope to be doing uh, multiple times over the season. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to follow us on social media, uh, go and follow my Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel's Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran on both. And follow our show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio. Uh, get all the updates on what we're doing as a show. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the AL East Division Preview. And we hope to see you on Thursday, where we're going to be talking about the 2003 Florida Marlins. See you then.